When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Friday's Late Lunch, our final show of the week. Great to have you with us again this afternoon. Let me just tee up what's coming up. You know, later on, we have our weekend sporting preview with Leon Blanche. Plenty going on over the weekend in sport, including that Euro final. I bring the curtain down on my artist of the week, Nat Kin Cole, with a cracker of a song. I promise you, Larry Stout is here. He's an engineer by trade, musician. He's now building guitars. Well, you hear his story. Chelsea Farrell is back with us on Late Lunch, former Miss Ireland. Yes, she features representing the 20s in our series COVID Through the Generations. I have your riddle ready for you riddlers on Friday. And of course, we love to have you with us on the show. If you have something to say, give me a shout. 086-1800-658. You can WhatsApp or text me 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Now, I begin the show today with what I'm going to tell you will be a story of hope. And now, you mightn't think it as we talk for a little while, but it's a real good news story. And I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch a gentleman. He's living in the northeast, and his name is Paul. Hello, Paul. Cherry, how are you? I'm good. Thanks very much for joining me on the show. Now, let's step back with you to your childhood. Tell us about, you know, your formative years, your, your family, your circumstances there, please. Yeah, Jerry, uh, I, I'll just give you the age of course, but I, I'm 62 years of age uh, now, but I walk words. Paul, we're just losing you there on the phone. You're coming and going on me. Hold on a second. Can you get? Are you in a? Can you shift areas there for me? I will yeah. call you back. Are you all right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's much better. Okay, so Paul, you're 62 now. Yeah, and I'll go back then to the beginning. I would have been uh, put up for adoption as a child. Uh, adopted up up to six to eight weeks. Uh, adopted into a nice family. Uh, Unfortunately, in the family there was there was drink issues, and uh, these played a part in me for the life. Uh, as I kind of grew up, then I would have uh, uh, been abused as a child, and again, this kind of, as they say, this added to the uh, this added to the 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 the, the, the layers on the onion. 
and uh, life went on then and uh, I, I at a very early age found chemicals and began to uh, use chemicals uh, I started off uh, siphoning petrol sucking petrol it's the same as sucking glue or sniffing glue mm. and it was kind of basically it was bingo all of the fear all of the insecurities, all of the things I didn't know anything about as a child. Uh, it helped me with all those. And, and uh, you know, I, I found then I became the best at everything I tried to get up to. I was, uh, you know, the most daring. Uh, if you wanted something done, I was the man who'd do it. And uh, off we went like that for years. And, uh, you know, it, 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 was, uh, it was tough. As a child, and, and uh, as I said, the, the chemicals then became a very, very much part of my life, between alcohol and drugs. And this was to go on for, uh, I was 25, again, uh, again, I found what would be known today as recovery. Okay, just stop you there for a second and we'll come on to that in a moment. So you're 12, you start with the petrol fumes. As you said, you move on to alcohol and drugs. Every type of drug, can we take it, you've you tried everything or were you dependent on one or two in particular? No, the hell I had, uh, I would be, as they call, polyaddictive. Mm. So it made no difference to me what it was. Uh, if, if, they, if, if there was drugs there, I took it. Okay. See what would happen next, you know. And and, and and when you're a child of 12 and you're coming into your teenage years, did you drop out of school? Were you in school? What happened no, on that front? No? No, in school. Like, I would have kept going to school and all these type of things, you yeah. know, but I had no interest in school, Jerry. I was, I was not... My teacher used to say, I used to get reports home, and uh, the, the reports always said, uh, Paul's a great student if we can only catch his attention. Mm. I was daydreaming, you know, living in a fantasy land, basically, is exactly what I was doing, you know, looking out the window, wondering what's out there, you know. And did you go through, and did you complete primary, secondary, where where, where did no, that take? No. I got as far as the group, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember it well, well yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, I was on the group. Yeah. Uh, I needed four subjects in the group for to be able to become some form of an apprentice. And uh, I got the four subjects. I think I got uh, woodwork, English, art, and uh, mechanical drawing. They were the four subjects I got. Good man. The rest of them, I had no interest. I drew X's yeah. and O's on the paper and walked out <laughs> after half an hour. <laughs> exactly what I'd done, you know. But look, you got your four. Did, did you get a trade or did you go work and what yeah, did you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I started off as a, as a, a harp maker in Walton's musical shop on North Frederick Street. Wow. And uh, I actually was there for must be near on two years. And and uh, I, I ended up getting sick. I ended up getting glandular fever. And I was out of work for a long time then with that. But when I went back, the job was gone. Yeah. Uh, somebody else had got the job, so that was the end of me. But lucky enough, my mother worked up in Port Ram in, in the hospital. And she was able to speak. They were refitting the hospital at the time. And she was able to uh, get me a start as an apprentice plumber. So off we went down that road. Did you qualify? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I done the, I done the four years. You know, there was uh, yep. You know, yeah, definitely done the four years, and uh, I, I was good at it as well. But I had more interest in, like, the chemicals. Like as I went on, the older I got, like from say the age of twelve, gone up to seventeen, that kind of age. You know, the the the, the chemicals were taking more of an effect, Jerry. Like the the mm-hmm. the, the drinking and drug taking was becoming a very much part of my life. It was, uh, you know, that was that was what I was looking forward to for the next, where would the next drugs or drink come from? This type of behaviour was beginning. Again, I wouldn't have known nothing about it at the time. I just thought it was normal. Mm. Everyone else done it, so I'm only one of the lads doing the same thing, you know? And it, uh, it was, uh, you know, I have to say it was interesting, you know? But again, in that time, even as even at that young age, I would have some of the situations I began to get myself into. I didn't like them, you know. Like what? Because well, getting into trouble for for like for to be able to keep up kind of all these addictive behaviors and and money things and all this, you had to start getting up to tricks to get your money, you know. So you know, learning how to basically steal, uh, get money whatever way I could. And, uh, you know, basically off we went down that road. So beg, so, steal or borrow? Beg, steal or borrow, Jerry, you know, yeah. Yes, exactly, you know. And and you mentioned your mam there and she got you the apprenticeship. Did you remain at home with your family or, or how did you work out on that aspect of life? Uh, I, I, I lived there for a long time, but then, you see, at around... 17, 18, I, I, I kind of had the idea because I knew even at that age that something was wrong here. Like this was, you know, this is what, this was some of the situations I was into. I, I didn't really like them, you know. I, I knew there was something wrong here. I didn't know what it was, but I mm-hmm. thought it was the place I lived in. So I done what's called, I know it in recovery as the geographical. Off I went, I got on a boat and I headed off to England, thinking I'm going to go over there, make a fortune, do all the things that normal people do, and uh, we'll all live happy dappy after that, you know. Mm. But that's not the way it worked out, you know. Mm. How long Every did you somebody, spend? How long were you in England? I was in England for a number of years on a, a number of different occasions, but I was also travelled all over Europe as well. And were you yeah. addicted? Was this addiction with you no matter where the you went? addiction was... When I got up in the morning, the addiction was sitting at the end of the bed waiting for me to get up. But the minute I got up, the whole show was on the road. Off we went. Me, addiction, and whatever else got in my way, off I went with it, you know? And you'd have to every day avail of some kind of substance to get you through? Yeah, yeah, it was going down all them roads. Yeah, all them things were beginning to happen. That my whole life began became uh, how to get, how to take, and uh, basically how to keep one step ahead of the posse. That's where my life was at. My whole thinking and how I lived my life was based around those three things. Had you how any you... close relationships with anybody during all this time? Uh, yeah, but like it was more like took prisoners, Jerry. I didn't have relationships. You know what I mean? Like, like everything was 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 uh, about me and what I could get out of relationships. 
you know, I didn't because of because of because of uh, you know because of 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 the adoption and stuff like that. You know, I'd be very very kind of close with my own self. You know what I mean? I yeah. uh, I'll either let you in or you'll never get in. You know, uh, but back in the days of addiction, I didn't really understand it as much as I know today. You know? Yeah. Now that, tell me, tell me this. Um, you're you're going through the horrors with this. You're living your life. You're getting on as best you can. But as you said, that thing sitting at the bottom of the bed each morning it, it is with you. Um. You said to me, we've talked, of course, um, er, er, earlier on today and, and, and previously this week. You said at one stage you wanted to die. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was, it was, was like later on, like bring it up to say, you know, I'm giving a synopsis of, of what mm. life was like. So I'm bringing, I'll bring it right forward then to say in around 35 and things like that. You know, I had a, I had a you know, relatively... I had I had come back, say, from a lot of travelling and all I had done, you know, and, and I was kind of, uh, I was walking up in St. Edith's Hospital up in Port Tran, but, like, I was constantly in trouble. I, I was, uh, at the time, I was after having a child. Uh, she was uh, two years of age when I hit a truck head-on, and she was, it was a Renault 9, and she was in one of these seats that look at you. The child is looking at you, you know, them in the yeah. passenger seat. And I took the whole side off the car and, uh, you know, we got home. The car was in a mess. Uh, the child wasn't injured. There was no one injured in it. But uh, the next morning, I'll never forget it. I woke up the next morning. The child was with me. We were. I was sleeping on the floor in my mother's house. Uh, and... Uh, all I wanted to do was to get out and to get more drugs to do it all again. It didn't bother me what I had just done, really, you know. And, and uh, So that type of behaviour, I'm just giving you one kind of uh, yes, insight yes, into yes. some of the messing, you know. Yeah, so you nearly killed yourself, you nearly killed your child, but you did feel, you said to me, you lost friends on this awful oh, journey you were on yeah. and you felt at times absolutely. you know despair didn't you did yeah you were absolutely despair, despair at mm. times you know mm. absolutely like uh, my life was in bits I had lost the, the, the had a house taken back off me because it wouldn't pay that my idea of paying money and the bank's idea were totally different you know my idea was don't pay it back at all like but they came they took the house back uh, my family kind of disowned me Friends were getting fed up with me, you know. Everyone was fed up with me. I was fed up with myself, sure, you know. I just, I just kind of, I knew I couldn't do this anymore, you know. I'll just give you the last day I used, we'll say, a heavy drug, which would have been heroin, was on a wet day uh, in Ballymun. We got a bus from Swords, and we got thrown off the bus at uh, the coachman's inn because we'd no bus fare. We had the money for the drugs. He threw us off the bus there. We got another bus. We got off the bus in Santry. We walked up uh, Whitehall Avenue, I think the name of it is there, and uh, we got stopped by the guards on the way up because we looked like two fellas and we were after robbing a shop. And uh, we got let go from that. Anyway, up we went then, scored the gear. And, uh, you know, I remember the fellow I was with says, I know, we'll go across the fields here heading back towards the Swords Road. I know where there's a bottle of water. Now, the bottle of water was to mix up the heroin, you know, and, and uh, I'll never forget taking that because 
the minute I took it, I knew, oh, Jesus, I have to do this again tomorrow. I just couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't able to physically yeah. do this behaviours anymore. And that kind of helped in me next move in life. You've reached that moment, Paul, you say, oh, God, i got to get out of here. You're in your late 30s, heading for your 40s. How do you then? Did you just make a decision to go cold turkey? Or It's not as simple as that, is it? Uh, no, it wouldn't be as simple as that, actually. But like, it wasn't far from it, to be quite honest. You know, like it's, it, uh, you know, I, I had, I made, I, I knew, I knew, I couldn't do it anymore. I knew this was just, this was mad. Like my life was crazy. Uh, I didn't like the life I was in. I didn't like myself. I didn't like anything, nothing. You know, and that would have brought in uh, what you t- what you touched on slightly, like you know, end me on life and all this kind of stuff. So. Mm. You know, I also knew that I couldn't do that because I had a daughter and all this. So, like, I had to just do something. So, I was kind of pointed in the in the way of of what's called uh, recovery, uh, in some form of how to get yourself out of this mess, drug mess. And I was I was uh, I was pushed in the direction of uh, first of all, uh, uh, I think it's cool mind. And I remember going up and sitting down with them and uh, things like that. And that was the beginning of trying to find a way out of this. Now, I didn't go with Cool Mine. I, I ended up in the Rutland Centre for six weeks. And in that time, in the six weeks, you know, you do a lot of talking about yourself. And I suppose in that time in there, uh, it would have been the first time I ever told anyone that I was abused. So that was a big load off my shoulders. It was the first time that I was able to tell other people what it was like to be me. And all these people didn't run away from me. They listened and they gave me, they, as I know today, they gave me feedback on this. And they also pointed me in the direction of the 12-step programs, which are NA and AA. And, and, and you know, I listened I was skeptical at the time because kind of uh, you're hearing in these places you have to get a new life and you have to change everything. And, you know, that's very difficult for someone who... It's very difficult at that kind of age to think, Jay's have to get all new friends, have to do new stuff. So you're kind of, you know, what's going to happen next? You're kind of worried about what's going to happen next. And, you know, I took a chance. The, the, the word just mentioned there is very, very important in in, in any type of anyone's recovery, is the decision. When I made the decision to give this a go, it was, you know, without me knowing, the lights began to come on. Mm. You know, I started going to these meetings, and then I was interested, I began to be, uh, you know, I used to sit at these meetings, listening to other people talking about what it was like for them. You're skeptical, because, again, in these areas, people are talking about gods and all this kind of stuff, and the God I knew was uh, the God where I used to live. I'd be down the back of the church laughing, the parish priest shouting, but Paul, such and such, down the back of the stop. So I was afraid of God, and, you know, the God of uh, God will get you. Like, if you picked your nose, you were told God will get you. So I was afraid of God. I was afraid of all these things, you know? But I was to learn, like, it's it's uh, none of these things are really about God. It's about something that you believe is better than yourself. So I went to see a priest and I asked him, what are they all talking about at this recovery, these AA and NA meetings? And he made it pretty simple. He says, uh, can you make the tide go in and out? And I says, no. 
And he says, uh, can you make it go from night to day? No, I can't do that either. You know, can you make the ice, can you make ice like you do in up, up in North Pole? And I said, no, I can't do that either, you know. He said, then would you believe that there's something better than you? And I thought, yeah. Sure, it has to be. They, that can do all that, you know. So that was the kind of a God that I found, very simple God, and off we went. And I began to put a lot of time into going to meetings, as they call it, you know, learning about myself at these meetings. There's uh, the, the the 12-step program, like, it's it's uh, it gives you a way of coping with yourself. There's plenty of people out there who are in recovery, both there's plenty of meetings in the draw that area, both NAAA and... and I can't stress to people out there, anyone that is in trouble out there, or any families that are having difficulty with addiction in them, you know, uh, reach out to these people. These people will help if they can. You know, they they suggest, they don't tell you what to do, there's no, you have to do, it's all suggestions. It's all interesting, and the most interesting part of the whole thing is you begin to learn about yourself. You begin to learn that it's okay to be you. Mm you begin to learn that it was okay to be abused. It's not that I don't mean it in that way, that it's, that it's okay for that I know. to happen to you. I know. But I, know. It's, I can live with it. Yes. You know, it was okay to be adopted. I learned how to deal with that in a better way. I, 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 I began to get new friends, new friends away from AA and NA. You know, mm. uh, I, was, I have a whole total new life today. I, I, you know, I'm very involved in motorbike racing. You know, uh, I, I had a, 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 a serious job in motorcycle racing that a few years they would have ran me from any motorcycle racing herd that would have been ran out of it altogether, you know? Mm. You have and, a successful, uh, I have to tell listeners, you're a, a successful wee business as well. What about your family? Did you, do, do, do you know who your seed and breed are? You know, you, you were adopted. Yeah. Did, you, did you go yeah. after that? Did you want to well, find... You see, again, through Irish law, you know, back when I was, you know, I wasn't allowed because of Irish law. Actually, I'm still not allowed today to find out who you actually are. They'll tell you all this on the radio that you are. But when you actually get into the nitty gritties of it, you basically have to go and get a high court injunction and all this kind of stuff, you know? Shocking. So it's it's still not, you know... It's still not right, you're saying to me. No, what, it's not what, right. what about your daughter? My daughter now is... Uh, is 27 years of age, and we ha- she has a little daughter, mm. and uh, her daughter is seven, and uh, it- it's fabulous to see them getting on with their lives, and I- I'm very much a part of their lives. Oh, that's you know, just have, so uh, good to hear, Paul, you know what I mean, that after all... Look at this. Look, I say the word again to Annie, and you've 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 sent out your own message today to people. If you're struggling, or you know somebody in your family is, there really is hope. You were in your late thirties into your early forties, and you, you've made it. You've you've gone be, beyond that other life. There's fabulous hope out there. There's great hope out there. Like, and, and there's so much you can do without drugs. Like, the, the life I have today. Like it's just unbelievable, and I don't need to take chemicals to do it. I don't need to take drink. I don't have to be in pubs. I don't have to be a part of any gang. Uh, I, I, I'm able to pick and choose my own friends. I'm able to go where I like going. I'm able to have a few bob in my pocket. I'm able to drive a van. I'm able to, uh, you know, live a life that normal people have. I, I, uh, I have a great life. You know, I got married in recovery. 
Uh, there was deaths in 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 uh, along the way here. I've got very sick. You know, I've major illnesses myself. I'm still able to deal with all these things, and, and I don't have to take drink or drugs. I don't have to mess with that kind of life anymore. It's absolutely fabulous. I can't stress enough to the people out there. You know, I have a few friends around recovery. You know, when I met them, twenty, it's I'm twenty four years clean from chemicals. Now, at Christmas gone. And I have friends today that when the first day I met them was at meetings in town. And I remember sitting in the meeting and I'm thinking to myself, just that idiot over there can stay clean, so can I, you know. So I used to just follow them around the place, go for coffees with them, mm. sit with them, talk to them, you know, mm. find out how our day were doing it. It was just, you know, and this is out there for anyone in the northeast area, for anyone in Ireland, it's there for you. You know, the, the the life of the drink and the drugs and the high life of all this kind of, you know, fancy cars, it doesn't last, lads. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> not last. I have to say, you're a total inspiration. I, I mean that. I'm sitting here in awe listening to you. I'm hanging on every word, Paul. And you've brought a massive message of hope to many today and many others that will hear this subsequently on our podcast or whatever. I thank you for sharing your story. I have to leave it there for today. And I wish you health, happiness and everything that life brings you over the coming years. Jerry, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for talking to me. I appreciate it. God bless, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. Remarkable man, isn't he? Oh, there's hope. There's hope. You just got to grasp it, make the decision and seek the help. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Jerry, isn't it so frightening? how low drugs can drag a person. And to see somebody come back from it is really, really heartening. Congratulate Paul. What a tremendous interview. And he spoke so openly and truthfully to you, Jerry. It's inspiring, says a listener. And I'm getting more lovely messages about Paul's chat with us on late lunch just before news and whether they're at two o'clock. Now, your riddle on Friday. Are you ready, Riddlers? Here we go. I'm going to read it for you now. I have a nice little prize to give away. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text for your riddle answer. Here we go. Have a listen. There's a time when they're green, a time when they're brown. But most of these times cause me to frown. But just in between, for a very short while, they're perfect and yellow and cause me to smile. What am I talking about? Once more, there's a time when they're green, a time when they're brown. But most of these times cause me to frown. But just in between, for a very short while, they're perfect and yellow and cause me to smile. What am I talking about? Answers, please. 2086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text for the riddle this afternoon. Now we move on the show, move on on the show, and I have to say she's a very good friend of ours. We're doing this little series with uh, listeners and people you know and people who we know called COVID Through the Generations. It's talking to people of different age groups about what life has been like for the last 15 months or so. And representing her ilk and her age group today, it is former Miss Ireland and a great friend, Chelsea Farrell, hello again. Hello, Derry. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining me on, on the oh, show today. Um, t- a couple of things before we get into the meat of this. Um, how is the, the nursing going? Are you back in in September or what are you doing? Yeah, so I'm off at the minute for the summer, but I'm back into second year in September. I'm back out on placement. But so far, all's going well and I absolutely adore it. 
Lovely. Oh, the midwifery. There's a big pull. It's a lovely, lovely job. It, it really is. And, of course, you're such an active lady on social media. <laughs> Honest to God, you're fantastic. You're always there. I, I believe a birdie's telling me, I know you can't say a lot about it, but there's exciting news, I believe, imminent, yes? Yes, there is at the end of the summer. Um, myself, my mom, and Paul are currently doing a very exciting project. Um, but all I'm going to say is it'll be well worth the wait. Okay, so that's Paul Carroll from Funky Fashion Frolics involved there. Oh, listen, make sure you give us a shout. We want to hear it first. I know you will. I know you will. Anyway, we wish you well with that. Well, Chelsea, come on. Here we are now. Look, in the month of July, we've been going through this unbelievable time since March of last year. How are you getting on? Do you know what, Jerry? To be honest, obviously the last 15 months have been so tough on everybody. In particular, my age group, we really did suffer. Um, now I'm looking back and while, yes, there was so many negatives and, you know, it was a struggle and I did have so many lows, I actually took a lot of positive things from the last few months. I learned so much about myself and I did have so many amazing opportunities. So I think it's like a 50-50 situation for me. Mm. So you you have uh, uh, the glass half full in one aspect and half yeah. empty. I know what you're saying in the other. So there's yeah, been the, yeah. the pros and cons. What, you know, like you were finishing your term off as Miss Ireland at the time and like uh, there would have been a huge follow on from that as yeah. well. And that was denied to you. Do, you. do you regret that, that you know, that you didn't have, the, you know, as uh, normally a Miss Ireland would have the afterglow of the whole following year and that? Yeah, so like obviously pre-COVID, I was living my best life, as they'd say. Um, mm. I was busy working as Miss Ireland, attending events, charity work and different things. And then obviously when COVID hit, everything did fall to pieces around me. And as much as I missed the whole like travel plans that I had made and different events and that, looking back now, I do think I still took a lot out of it. And I still carried on as Miss Ireland and did everything through social media and through the radio and that. So I still think I achieved quite a lot considering the circumstances. Mm. Now, you're a young woman, and of course, this goes without saying, you love your social life and you have a gr- lovely group of friends and etc. Yeah. You know, when, when you're a young woman and, and you, you haven't got that, what, what, what's that about? How do you feel about that? Are you feeling like that you've been denied part of, you know, you're maturing and growing up? Yeah, definitely. And I think the hardest part for me was college. So obviously, before COVID hit, my plan was very, very different. Um, And then when COVID came along, I said, you know what, I'm going to go back to college and I'm going to get my degree in midwifery. But then when we went back, everything was online. I didn't get to see the girls or we didn't get that college experience. The same as with my own friends, because I was so focused on everything online. My friendships fell apart with the girls. We weren't allowed to go out together. We weren't allowed to see each other for so long. So everything really, really did suffer in that sense and as you said there there our whole social lives did suffer and um, so yeah it's definitely something that I missed but something that I will catch up on when we can do so. And you know you touch on something there that I've heard consistently anyone who's you know uh, gone to college for the first time started their studies it's hard to believe that you haven't actually interacted in a class situation yeah. with your group. Yeah it's crazy and there's two girls and um, they won't mind me mentioning them but there's two girls in particular that I made a really, really good friendship with through college and only for them, I don't think I would have stuck out the year, Jerry, because as I said, we didn't get to meet each other. We didn't get to integrate together. So to be honest, I don't know any of the girls very well other than the other two girls, but I made it my business to make sure that we kept in touch outside of the college classes. But it has been tough and for all first years especially because they don't know what to expect now in second year. Are we going to be on campus? Are we not? So it's been a bit crazy, to be honest. You know, from... 
again from a youth point of view and you know how COVID has really hit hard at the older generations and you have family and extended family I know of all ages who love you and you love them as well. Can I ask you this, from from your generational point of view and your age, uh, you're in your early 20s now, yes? You know, and uh, I, I, you know what? Do you think you know about this and say, look, it's not such a problem when you're younger and, uh, you know, well, other people just have to deal with it depending on the stage of life they're at. Is that an attitude or were young people, do you think, the impression you get that there was a, they were as caring and worried for others, you know, what I'm talking yeah, about? I think the majority, yeah, I do get what you're coming from. I think the majority of us, we were worried. And, like, I was worried sick about my family because I have younger siblings and my dad and that that are high risk. So... For me, my priority was keeping everybody safe. And yes, I might have suffered and yes, I might have struggled. But at the end of the day, I have so many years left ahead of me that I can catch up on all of that time. So I think the majority of my generation, we did care and we did try our best to stick by the rules and be as safe as we can to protect the older people and to protect everyone around us. But obviously, excuse me, obviously not everybody did. But I do think the minority of us or the majority of us, should I say, did as best as we could. Yeah, that's good to hear because, you know, young people get a bad press at times and I think it's yeah, it's very, very unfair. And as well as that, you're only young once. Jesus, you want to, to live your life. But what do you think yeah. now, you know, uh, where we are today? You know, we've opened up a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Outdoor dining is uh, available again and there's talk yeah. of trying to get people, you know, indoors as well in the near future. What do you think about that, how it's going? You know, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think as much as everyone's quite angry that we're quite behind other countries, I do think our country is handling it quite well. Um, As you said, outdoor dining is open, shopping is open, which that's all I missed was Zara. But I do think that, you know, everything happens in time and slowly but surely we are getting back to normal and we just have to sit tight, stay patient and just take what we're getting as we're getting it. You know, when you're confined and you can't go out and you can't socialise, are you are you a, a follower of any TV programmes? Did you do anything else, you know, that maybe came a little more to the fore uh, this last while? Yeah, like, to be honest, I'm not big into watching telly because obviously right. when I'm at home, I'm doing my content for social media and different things. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, I find what I took out of lockdown and out of the whole last year was that I got some amazing TV and radio opportunities myself. Every week I was on the radio talking to someone. So yeah. that made me realise how much I loved working within the industry. So it's a plan now in my head to pursue down that line. So that's something that I would have taken and something that I found a passion for during lockdown. And I think everyone found a passion for something that they never even realised they even liked before they had that time to sit at home and reflect and learn more about themselves, if you get me. I get you indeed. And, you know, you talk about social media and that there and that connectivity and, you know, the whole online world that has helped us so much uh, to stay in yeah. contact. It, it, for, for young people, like that is your world. You're, you operate in, in that world and have for some time. But, you know, come back to this again. I'm one who missed people. You know what I mean? I miss yeah, people. Yeah, Despite all of what's there online and on social media. Did you feel like that? Yeah, and obviously, as you said, us, our generation in particular, we live our whole lives through social media. And I think I didn't even realise how much I appreciated the quality time with my friends face to face until it was only social media that I had. And I was constantly FaceTiming the girls and texting. And I said, God, I actually love being with people in person rather than being on social media. And I think that's something we all learned that we can't rely on social media for everything because it's the real world stuff that matters. And it's living in the moment that matters with people rather than sitting on your phone. Because a big regret for me was when I was out and about with the girls, I was always on my phone. 
So now after COVID and after the iPad, it's the last thing I do now. I'm constantly just living in the moment and I think that's really important. Well, you know something, you'd want to see the smile on my face. You've just <laughs> brought to hear that because it is a lesson. It is really a lesson, Chelsea, for all of us. Yeah. The other thing is great, but there's nothing like the human contact, no, being really with your isn't. friends in person, etc. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, when, you know, we finally, please God, eventually will emerge from this, uh, that we can get back to where we were, you know, with all that's involved yeah. in that, of course. Have you anything in your mind? What do you want to do? Do you want to travel? Do you want to do, have you something specifically or a couple of things to say, I can't wait to do that? Yeah, so obviously I can't wait to travel. That's the first thing on my list, Jerry. And I have my little five-year plan in my head. And within the next five years, I plan to visit loads of different countries um, and I plan to be living abroad. But other than that, I think my main priority is, as I was saying, to live in the moment, but to say no to nothing. Don't be going, no, sorry, I can't go there, making excuses, stuff like that. That's my big thing. I'm not doing that anymore. So no more excuses and just living life in the moment and travel as much as I can. And, you know, good luck to you. And and it's great to have that, you know, that you have a vision for that. And, and that's yeah. what you want to do. Um, as regards vaccinations and that you're in the very young age group, you know, it's it's coming yeah. down the ages, as you know. Uh, will you take the jab or, or how do you feel about the vaccination? So I'm actually fully vaccinated. Oh, you are? So, God, yes, what am I talking I with your bloody job? <laughs> and I, oh, forgive me, I'm getting I'm getting more stupid as the years go on. So you are, of yeah, course, with your I nursing, am. yeah. To be honest, Jerry, I think, you know, there's a lot of people on the fence about the vaccine and, you know, my career and different things, I had to take it. And it was a very, very good decision. And I think if you're on the fence about it, the way I looked at it, and I hope this helps people who are unsure, is that if it doesn't benefit us, we're doing no harm by taking it. But if it does protect us and protect everyone around us, then at least we've done it. So I think it's a big thing to just do what you think is right, but do what you think is going to protect everyone else around you. Because it's not just about us. And we learned that so much over the years, over the last year. You have to put yourself and then everybody that's in your circle first. So I think we have to think about everybody and not just ourselves when it comes to the vaccine. Well said, Chelsea Farrell, indeed. And uh, just back to something we touched on a moment ago before we finished up. You are, you know, for you, as you said, it's been a facilitator for you uh, to keep mm-hmm. going on your social media. What's your favourite platform? I-, I know Instagram is big with you. Is that where it's yeah. at now? Yeah, you know, I do love Instagram. Um, but obviously Instagram is a huge place for nasty people. Um, so at the minute, I'm kind of focusing a little bit more on TikTok, actually, oh, um, because it's more yeah. of like a fun platform and yeah. you don't see the negativity. If you don't want to see it, you won't see it. Whereas on Instagram, it's there in your DMs, plain and simple to see, whereas TikTok is a lot more of a positive environment at the minute, I find. So I'm still using Instagram, but TikTok is more of a comfortable platform. Isn't that interesting, you know, that you say that? And I often say, if you have something negative to say, bloody keep it to yourself. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in, instead of, you you know, like it's, I, I, I know it can be the Wild West out there. And, and it's shocking that people aren't taking the task. But Chelsea, it is happening more and more. You know, this people yeah, have been definitely. brought, you know, brought up, brought to boot for things that they shouldn't be saying or shouldn't be doing. And I hope yeah, that will act great. as a warning to many. So that's interesting, isn't it? That uh, yeah. the negativity, and you and I talk, about that before but listen when I tell you there's so many people in life uh, that just you know 
what, what will I say? I don't want to be uh, disrespectful to anybody, but there's some people in life who just haven't a good word to say and will never support and will always knock and you'll always have them. But you know what? Yeah, unfortunately. Yes, you do have. But you just listen. Don't let them win, though. Onwards and upwards. Yes, damn the begrudgers. Pain. I <laughs> yeah. don't pay a whit attention to them. For John, believe in yourself. Do what you do and do it as you have been doing it, as you represented your county, your country, and uh, in the world uh, as well as uh, Miss Ireland. Look, you're great. I wish you well. And I thank you for oh, taking you so time much, uh, to join us today, Chelsea. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, Jerry. Talk to you later. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Chelsea Farrell there. She's a wonderful, wonderful young woman. Now, if you don't like mice, put your fingers in your ears now. Because Australia is, and this has happened before, but it's worse than ever, they say. There's a mice plague in Australia. A mice. I was looking at it. I actually tell you this. The ground was moving with the mice. Honest to God. Houses are just infested with them. People have had to move out of their homes because of the amount of mice that are in the houses. Can you think about it? You know yourself, if there's a mouse in the house, not mainly at this time of year, it generally happens autumn into winter and you hear them upstairs or they're in the walls, the nuisance it is. But imagine hundreds of them, thousands of them in your house. It began last year. Uh, it started in the spring of 2020 in Australia. The conditions for breeding and there was a great harvest then. The mice flourished. There was loads of grain. Uh, and the populations of predators were down because... Do you remember the wildfires in Australia? Yeah, a lot of uh, the creatures that predate on the mice were wiped out. And honest to God, uh, the mice, it's just unbelievable. If you get a look, just check it out there. You'll see it for yourself. And, you know... They're trying to do everything to control them. They're using a sort of a chemical, but it's not good either because it kills other creatures. You heard Niall Hatch talking to me about that yesterday in the context of owls, that if you poison rodents, then other creatures eat them and they die as well. So it's a big, big problem in Australia. Oh, I don't mind a mouse. I said it to you before. I really, I don't really, I can deal with them. And if there's a few around, the traps generally get them. But imagine those numbers and the ground shaking and the walls vibrating with them and you trying to live in your home. Oh, it's not a nice one. It really isn't a nice one, I have to say. It's a difficult one for uh, for the people in Australia. We think of them today. Big mice problem there. Just reminding you as well, don't forget this. If you're, I saw the weather forecast. There's a little showery over the weekend. But look, lots of people out in the back gardens. There's umbrellas and covers and people have built magnificent places outdoors in the last year or more. Well, if you're out there and you're thinking, oh God, we're not going to a festival or wherever this year, do check out our Back Garden Festival. Yes, the Back Garden Festival with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound this summer. All the summer favourites are there on one stream. You can listen on our app, the LMFM app, or on lmfm.ie. They're there to be enjoyed, so don't pass up the opportunity. And just mentioning our app, do download it to your smartphone or device. Bring it with you wherever you go. When you have LMFM, you can listen to us all over the world, no matter where you are, when we get a chance to head off all over the world. My next guest, I met him many moons ago, and on a number of occasions subsequently. First time I met him, you might recall, he's the man behind that huge wind turbine at DKIT an engineer by trade loves his music has been living in the northeast since 1985 and it's the music we're going to chat about today because Larry Stout makes music and is now making the instruments that make the music Larry welcome back to the show hi Jerry 
Well, well, well. Come on, let us in on this story. Well, let's talk about you and music first. You play. You play guitar, don't you? And you have for years and years. Yeah, yeah. I started playing at age 14, and that is, dare I say, over 50 years ago. So, and I'm I'm still playing uh, a bit, you know, sort of <laughs> not, not performing anymore, but there you go. Yes, I have seen him perform with St. Peter's Male Voice Choir, but of course, a lot in abeyance at the moment uh, with the pandemic. So, Larry, you've played music for years. You've owned guitars. Tell our listeners today what you've been up to this last while. I've been making guitars, right? And they're acoustic steel string guitars, the kind that you usually see with a round hole on the front. But as an engineer, I didn't like how they were designed, which is unfortunate because that's the way pretty much every acoustic guitar looks so i thought i'd take a stab just for the fun of it of making a guitar that made more engineering sense tell me more about that larry i'm curious the standard acoustic guitars we know with the hole in the center is not the best job if somebody today was starting with a blank sheet of paper and said okay i'm going to make this instrument if they knew anything about sort of the the physics you know of, of the guitar they wouldn't put the hole in, in the front of the guitar, let's make an analogy. If you have a, a hi-fi loudspeaker, right? And so in it, there's a maybe a woofer and a tweeter, you know, a couple of speakers, and they're in a box. And then the box has a port, a little hole around the back of it, which improves the bass response. So now you look at a guitar and you say, well, it's very similar because the top of the guitar, the soundboard, is vibrating like the speaker. And then you have this sound hole, which acts like the port, you know, and then you have the rest of the guitar, which is like a box, like the speaker cabinet, you know. And so, okay, so you have this speaker cabinet that is a guitar, and you say, right, I've got my speaker, I've got my box, now I need to put a hole in it, where will I put the hole? Then you have this brainstorm, you say, I'll put it in the top of the guitar, the bit that's vibrating, and that's just an obviously bad idea. It's like saying with your hi-fi speaker cabinet, I need a hole, I'm going to put it in my loudspeaker comb. (laughs) You just wouldn't do it, you know? So anyway, with that in mind, I thought, let's have some fun and um, try putting the hole somewhere else. And then I, of course, got carried away with myself and made a lot of other changes as well. So where is the hole now, Larry? It's at the bottom of the guitar. So if if you're looking at the guitar in front of you and there's no hole on it, the hole, if you peeked underneath on the side, you would find the sound hole, which is a logical place for it in a non-vibrating surface. That's one major change. What else have you changed? Another thing uh, is that if you uh, you have to support the guitar, you have to design it to be strong enough to withstand sort of 180 pounds of string tension that's trying to collapse the guitar. And so, so traditionally, you take steps with the bracing, these strips of wood like beams that are underneath the, the soundboard to make it stronger. And so what happens is up where the neck is underneath the soundboard, people put a very heavy uh, brace. They call it the number one brace. And its job is to really support uh the neck and prevent this collapse from happening. Well, that's fine. But once again, you're preventing the soundboard from vibrating in that area. 
So basically the entire, the upper one third of the soundboard on a normal guitar is not vibrating because the, first of all, the sound, this, the hole is there. So that's not, <laughs> there's nothing there to vibrate. And then the rest of the wood sort of around the top of the hole, it's heavily locked down by this number one brace. So it's not vibrating. So basically, I thought that if I could make use of that area, I could make a, a, a louder guitar from a smaller beast, you know? Mm. So that's what I did. So, so, so then the question is, how do you support the neck? And what I've done is I 3D printed the sides and made them such that they take up all of the stress. They are the, the main structural uh, component in the guitar, and they prevent anything from moving because of the the internal uh, structure that I've printed uh, with this 3D print. So now um, I can just lay the soundboard on top of the guitar and glue it down, and it's there, ready to vibrate. There's no holes in it. It's not uh, gummed up with uh, braces uh, underneath to prevent it from vibrating. So I'm, I have a, dare I say it, a, a very uh, loud, good-sounding, efficient <laughs> guitar that uh, is small. So you've constructed it with lighter, stronger, modern materials. I'm looking at it. It's slightly wedge-shaped. And you're saying in your estimation and you have a lot of time and a lot of years behind you in the the music game it's a better sound it sounds as good as you know another high-end guitar i happen to have a, a taylor guitar that i love and there's loads of guitars like it out there that sound fantastic and the craftsmanship is superb and people have dedicated their lives to it and i don't want to step on their toes i'm just saying that if you were starting with a blank sheet of paper you might end up with a guitar that looks like looks like mine and it sounds as good as these other fine guitars have you made many of them uh i started printing the sides four guitars ago so i have four guitars with printed sides prior to that i made another 10 um, as i was learning my trade as as they say and then uh, i sold two of the first 10 they're in you know, they're in use, if you like, by people who play guitar. So, But they didn't have the 3D printed signs, though they were similar in the other respects, you know. We've heard of Stradivarius with another musical instrument. Could we be on the cusp of the stout guitar? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I'm now at a stage where I, I can make consistently good-sounding guitars, you know, and at some buddy heard that, that uh, some they, if they had a friend who wanted a guitar or they wanted to give them a guitar, whatever, I'd be happy to make one for them and know that I, you know, that I could make a good job of it. And they're customized and they're handmade. No mass production here. How long does it take you from start to finish? I can make a guitar in a month, but that's not 40 hour weeks. A lot of times you're waiting for glue to dry or that kind of thing. So I would say less than 50 hours of actual, you know, hands-on time. A hobby has the potential to actually become something greater. Do you see yourself going down that road? One of the talents I don't have is marketing. 
And all of us are not good at some things or many things, and uh, so I'm not uh, I'm not inclined that way. So what what I might do is try to find somebody who knows about you know sort of how this might be taken forward. But I'm not my interest is not making a lot of money. My interest is making a good sounding guitar that um, is good value, let's say. In other words, if you wanted a comparable sounding guitar, you'd have to spend one or two thousand more euro. So, yeah. Well, look, let's hope today that maybe from this conversation we're having, somebody in the marketing world will pick it up. People in the music industry, well, it'll trig their ears to this. How do they find out more if they want to get in touch with you? Oh, I'm over here on the Cord Road. Just ask for the tall American guy. Um, <laughs> I could give my email, I suppose. LD Stout at gmail.com you live on the chord road he's producing wonderful chords on his new guitars and folks we're going to have a listen because here is Larry Stout on one of his new guitars playing a Simon and Garfunkel classic have a listen Larry thank you so much and I wish you well thanks Jerry lovely doesn't it yes larry stout on his own guitar with the classic there from simon and garfunkel scarborough fair interesting interesting he's a great guy larry as i said at the beginning of our chat there he is the man who uh, is responsible for the big turbine on dkit he's a real engineering brain he's a lovely singer as well and uh, can play so there you are a new way with guitars uh, thanks to larry for joining us on the show this afternoon Listen up, there's a time when they're green, a time when they're brown, but both of these times cause me to frown. But just in between, for a very short while, they're perfect and yellow and cause me to smile. It's bananas all right, isn't it? It is bananas, <laughs> that's the answer I was looking for. Indeed it was, and well done to Teresa Farrell from Cross in Kells, who got the answer right today. And a little birdie tells me, yes, our Karen tells me that uh, Teresa... Uh, works in a shop and she was given out about the bananas today so they are it was meant to be uh, the little gift is on its way to you Teresa and thanks to everybody who joins in the fun every week and answers her riddle and so many right answers as well Teresa uh, came out today as the winner we'll have another riddle for you next Friday on late lunch uh, Tommy in Italy hello Tommy has been on to us to say he loved Paul's interview at the top of the show and he's Certain, I'm certain, he says, Jerry, it will help and encourage those fighting addiction. And he got the answer right. You did, Tommy, to the riddle as well. Forza Italia, Tommy. Forza Italia. I'm sure you're gearing up there 
uh, for the uh, big match on Sunday. Italy against England Sunday evening and we'll be looking ahead to it uh, with Leon Blanche in our preview of the weekend sport coming up on late lunch after three o'clock this afternoon. But as we head to our next break, stand by. It could be you or calling for the story and the song. Specsavers don't only do glasses. Yes, they look after your hearing as well. And there's free hearing aids with your PRSI. If you want to check them out, check out your local Specsavers. And to uh, celebrate this week, they've given us a lovely prize each day on late launch. I have a €189 voucher for Specsavers. And they've thrown in also a €75 voucher for Ticketmaster each day. And you've been telling me the stories of your songs, the songs that are special to you and on the line to tell me about her story and song is Emma Kelly from RD. Hello, Emma. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Now, your story is a little bit different, isn't it? Tell us about this shed. Yeah, um, about 20 years ago, um, my father decided to build a garage. Mm. And it kind of went from, he's, he's big into music, he loves listening to music, but he, he maintains that to listen to music, you have to listen to it loud. Hmm. So uh, I think my mother got on to him a couple of times. <laughs> so it turned from a garage into a shipping. Right. So this place was dedicated then to music and having a jar and enjoying yourself. Exactly. What's your dad's name? Uh, Clem. Clem, good man Clem. So Clem was banished to the garage by Mammy and you can go out there and enjoy your music and have a little tipple or whatever you like. But it, it didn't continue in that vein. It grew legs. It grew legs. It's, uh, it's extended to about 50 foot long by about 20 foot wide. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Clem. And it wasn't just for him. This became a go-to place, didn't it? Oh, yeah, in the good old days. Yeah, we've had Bertha's ranging from a year old to a hundred year old. Um, we've had weddings in it. We've had christenings in it. We've had Paddy's Day parties <laughs> in it. You name it, we've had it. We've had reunions of footballers that played on the 57 team. Yes. Everything. Everything that has went on has went on in there. This is some story about what started out as a shed and look what it's developed into. And I believe it's not just, you know, in the RD area. It's spread its tentacles to Ireland and beyond. It's international. They talk about this all around the world. We've had people from America, Australia, New Zealand. um, (laughs) Oh, God, I can't remember all the different people. (laughs) Poland, Italy, Norway, everywhere. Everywhere it's come. So Clem's shed has developed into an entertainment hub, a celebration of family occasions. Oh, this is just something else. And, of course, besides the story, there has to be a song. What about the song? What is the song? The song is Van Morrison, Brown Eyed Girl. And this is synonymous with The Shed as well, is it? This is the national anthem of The Shed. (laughs) Emma Kelly, I love your story. You're the winner today of the Specsavers Prize. Congratulations. Here's your song. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So Sunday night it is, the Euro finals of 2020. England against Italy at Wembley Stadium. Who are you for? Who are you up for? Well, it's, of course, it's uh, logical, isn't it? All people 
who uh, live here with us in Ireland from England will be cheering for England, the team in white and Italians here. And a lot of Italians in Ireland as well will have the colours out. You know yourself, the azuri blue will be up for Italy. It's an intriguing contest, it really is. And uh, I say again, may the best team win. But uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it here on Late Lunch on Monday. Will I be playing that famous song? Or not. Let's see what happens. History in the making one way or the other. I want to say a big hello to Colm Ugin this afternoon. Uh, we have a lovely message in from your friends to wish you well. And I hope you're doing well, Colm. And uh, all the very best from us here in LMFM Radio. Now, my artist of the week, Nat King Cole, was only 45, folks. Oh, he was so young when he died on the 15th of February 1965, the day before Valentine's Day, he drove to the seaside with his wife and family and they sat there and he passed away the following day. So he did the day after Valentine's. And Jack Benny, the great Jack Benny, a great friend as well of Nat's, delivered a powerful eulogy at his funeral when he said, Nat Cole was a man who gave so much and had still so much to give. So true. He gave it in song, friendship, and to his fellow men and his devotion to his family, uh, Jack Benny said, was legendary. He was a star, consummate entertainer and an institution. Oh, he really paid a hell of a tribute to him. His family, wife Maria, children Natalie, adoptive children Carol and Nat and his twin daughters Casey and Timelin were comforted by family, friends and the great and good of society in the United States who gathered to pay their respects. His final album, Love It was simply called, was released and once more Nat King Cole was a chart topper. His music has been remastered and re-released many times and enjoys continued popularity today on the download platforms like iTunes and Amazon Music. And to round off the great man in song today, here he is performing with daughter, daughter Natalie Cole. She was a tremendous singer in her own right. And a track from the tribute album called Unforgettable that won seven Grammy Awards in 1992 for Best Album and Song. Yes, the title says it all about the late great Nat King Cole. Unforgettable That's what you are Unforgettable Though near or far Isn't it just magical? I only came across that, I have to tell you, last evening, the two of them singing together. That's Nat and Natalie Cole singing together the magic of technology. A duet there, the famous unforgettable song with both of them on it. And Natalie, a wonderful singer also in her own right, who sadly passed away too in her mid-60s. She had a a congenital heart disorder and uh, she was a lovely, lovely singer too. But Nat King Cole... Timeless. Crooner, ah, just one of the greatest ever. And uh, that concludes my little story on Nat King Cole and his music on Late Lunch for this week. We'll have another Artist of the Week for you or Artists of the Week on Monday. If you'd like to suggest, you're welcome to do so at any stage. Late Lunch at lmfm.ie is the email address for uh, anything you have to say to us after hours. If you have a guest, a story, don't forget the email address, latelunch at lmfm.ie, or if you'd like to recommend an artist. We'll consider it for sure. I'm not saying you'll get on, 
we'll consider it because they're my artist of the week and I don't mind you prompting or prodding a little for sure. Usual at this time on Late Lunch. Yes, we look ahead to the weekend in sport and joining me once more is the communications manager with Boyle Sports, Leon Blanche. Hello, Leon. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me again on the show. Let's begin with soccer and at home, the League of Ireland. A restricted programme this week because of the European Games. Just one of our sides from the North East in action. Drogheda United are away to bottom side, Longford Town on Saturday. Yeah, look, Gerry, it's another chance for him to get another three points. Um, it was a good win against Finn Harps. They scored three goals, won the game by three goals to one. And having fell behind to an early goal from Harps, Drogheda showed a lot of maturity. They didn't panic and they came back with a resounding victory. And it puts them in a very strong position in the table. They're in fifth place at the moment, Jerry, um, going along quite nicely. They're only a point behind Bohemians. And I think it's another opportunity. It must be another opportunity to get another victory against Longford. Longford have only won one match all season out of 19. They've lost 12 games. And the form that Drogheda are in, it should be a convincing victory, actually. I take Drogheda by two or three goals. They're scoring a lot, Jerry, which is great to see. Um, they're creating an awful lot of chances. They've scored 33 goals uh, so far this season. I think they're joint up with Bohemians. So it's a tremendous return. Um, they haven't been beaten that often. And I think against the bottom side, they should win and win with a little bit to spare. So good news for uh, drug supporters there from Leon. Now let's uh, go international. And Sunday night, Wembley Stadium will be rocking. Is football coming home? England, they've made it to the final. But your tip, Italy, who you tipped before a ball was kicked, I have to say, in the tournament, are the potential party poopers. What's going to happen, Leon? Yeah, look, it's going to be a fascinating final. I think looking at um, the Italians, if I'm being honest, Jerry, a little bit lucky to get past Spain. Um, I thought the Spanish were the better team on the night. Um, I was praying for penalties at the end of normal time because... The Italians, they look to be out on their feet, whereas Spain were creating a lot of chances. Um, I can't remember the guy who missed a, a, an open goal with a, with a free header, but then Morata came off the bench, scored a wonderful goal. And I actually don't understand why they put Morata up to take one of those penalties. He'd missed one already in the tournament. The pressure was on him. Um, I think he was the fourth uh, penalty taker for Spain. If he was going to take one, I would have put him first which doesn't really matter if he misses the first one. You've still got time to make it back. But the Italians are in the final. England are in the final as well. They got a very fortuitous penalty. Raheem Sterling. Look, a lot of players, it's not just English players, it's all over Europe. They fall over when they feel contact is coming close. And that's what he did. It is the way the game is nowadays. I was surprised VAR didn't overrule it. But England are in the final and worthy favourites. They were the better side than Denmark. But the Italians... And England, Jerry, I have a funny feeling we might have to settle this on penalties. I really do feel this is going to go all the way. Both sides, I think, are going to be a little bit conservative. Don't be surprised if Gareth Southgate starts with three centre-halves. I think when we saw against Denmark when he wanted to protect the lead, they looked a lot more secure. They were cut open a little bit by the Danish side, and that's got to be a worry for Southgate. So don't be surprised at all if he goes back to Foden on the right wing, Sterling on the left wing and Harry Kane as the three attackers. And at the back, I think Kyle Walker, John Stones and Harry Maguire. Trippier has done quite well for Gareth Southgate when he's been brought on and when he started. I think he could push himself into the first 11 
with Luke Shaw over on the other side. And a big call for England, Jerry, in the middle of the park. Does he stick with Rice and Phillips? Or does he start Jordan Henderson? If it was me, I would start Jordan Henderson. He's a big game player. And I just thought the two guys, they got found out a little bit in the semi-final. But for me, Jerry, I'm sticking with the Italians. I just hope they lift the trophy. Um, as you said, I did fancy them before a ball was kicked. Boyle Sports have got a fantastic 10 euro, no lose bet on the final. So pick any type of uh, market that you want. I'm going for Italy to win on penalties at 8 to 1. If it doesn't happen, you get your tenor back as a free bet. So Viva, come on, the Italians. I hope they can do it, Jerry. I hope they can just deny England to win this summer's Euros Championship. Oh, huge audience guaranteed in this country and all over the world on Sunday evening for the Euro final. And the best of luck to both sides there. Now, we finish today with racing, and there's a big one the July Cup at Newmarket. Yes, Jerry, look, it's a fantastic sprint. Amazing that there's actually 19 runners declared. So it's going to be one hell of a race, in fairness. Oxted, who won it last year, Kieran Fallon, many people will remember his father as a brilliant jockey. This is his son. Um, he rode this horse to win at Royal Ascot. It was a very, very impressive win in over five furlongs. Stepping back to six furlongs shouldn't pose a problem. Him and Starman are bidding for favouritism. But there's a horse here, Jerry, that hasn't been beaten at all this season. He's stepping up in class, but I don't mind that. It's a horse called Creative Force, trained by Charlie Appleby, will be ridden by William Buick. Of course, Charlie Appleby has trained the English Derby winner, the Irish Derby winner. His horses are in tremendous form at the moment. He's a good each-way bet at 7-1 in a wide-open Group 1, the July Cup at 25 past 4 from Newmarket tomorrow afternoon. Fantastic, Leon. As usual, thank you so much for looking ahead with us to those big sporting events over the weekend. And we'll talk to you again a week today. Have a brilliant weekend, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks indeed, Leon. And we will be talking next week for sure. Well, that's a wrap for another week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you indeed for your company on Late Lunch every afternoon. I say a big thank you to all our guests through the weeks and to Brian Farley, who's been with me for the last couple of weeks. I've really enjoyed the company, Brian, and thanks for uh, guiding me safely through the last uh, 10 days on air here. Really, really appreciate it. Eddie Caffrey is coming next uh, with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. We're back on Monday from one. 30 with your late lunch to digest uh, the final of the Euros for sure and more besides coming your way from Monday and right through next week. Enjoy your weekend, stay safe, have a good time and we'll see you on Monday and we're leaving you today in the company of King and Years and Years. Take care, bye. The Best Mix Mix The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.